to show you something this morning briefly, I think briefly, and then I want to give the text that's in my heart today. Um, I, I want you to go with me for a moment to Romans chapter number 10. Just a moment to Romans chapter number 10 this morning. I appreciate my Bible. I thank the Lord for his word this morning. Romans chapter number 10. And... Uh, I want to I want to underscore or underline or bring out some verses. I did not come this morning with this in my heart or on my mind, uh, but uh, I want to share it with you. I was in a place uh, recently, and uh, a gentleman uh, was was speaking of uh, uh, the Word of God, speaking of God, and uh, he uh, said a lot of right things. A lot of, lot of right things, uh, but it was so vague uh, that if, if I were in his presence, I were a lost man, I'd probably leave feeling pretty good about myself. Uh, God is peace, that's true. God is love, that's true. You need God, that's true. Believe in God, that's all true. I want to I I tell you how a lost man gets saved this morning. I wanna, just as simple just as simple from the word of God, I want to tell you how a lost man gets saved this morning. I don't want there to be any questions about it. You may have questions, but I don't want there to be any questions about how do I get saved. Uh, you do need God. God is love. God is peace. But you may not have the peace of God in your heart, though you may have the knowledge of God in your mind or the religion of God in your life. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, the Bible said, and the end thereof are the ways of death. And I want to know that I know that I'm saved. How can I know that, preacher? Uh, Romans 10, I, I'm not going to preach on this this morning. I want to share it with you in about a minute and a half. I want you to see it. It's the Bible. Jesus gave us the way to be born again. Y'all can help me right there. It's not a head knowledge, it's not a head ascent, it is a heart matter. Romans 10 and 9, Romans 10 verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth, see there's things that's going to have to be said. Confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Well, what do I confess? You confess who he is and who you are. You need him because of who you are. Jesus ain't your buddy walking along beside you. Jesus is your savior. Come to rescue you. You need rescued because you're a sinner. For all have sinned, the Bible said, and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3, 23, and the wages of sin is death. But it don't end there. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus said to John or to Nicodemus, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. That new birth is when you realize the first one wasn't working. The first one didn't do. The first one, all it ever made you was alive. 
breathing, kicking, screaming, and sinning. And you need a new one. And that second birth, marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. And if God will birth you again into his family, and he will, if you'll do what he said, thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. That thief on the cross quit making his personal boast, and he said, this man, the Lord Jesus, hath done nothing amiss. But we receive our just, our due reward. We, we are getting in our death what was coming to us, but not this man. You know what he did? That was repentance. That man realized I'm a sinner, but this man. I'm a sinner, but this man. He confessed the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember the day where I realized my religion wasn't gonna get me to heaven. My parents couldn't take me with them. My grandparents couldn't get me there. The fact that I had a King James Bible under my arm was a good thing, but it wasn't gonna carry me to heaven. Sitting on a pew in church wasn't gonna get me there. Uh, knowing Bible verses wasn't gonna get me there, but confessing I I am a sinner and Jesus is the Savior would do the job. Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart. See, when you believe in your heart, it'll change your life. It'll change your opinion of God. Believe in thine heart. If God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. Boy, I love that verse. You know what, you know what, you know what the, the Lord Jesus is teaching us? You know what the Holy Ghost is teaching us? Religion isn't just for the religious. Salvation, or sorry, salvation isn't just for the religious Jews, but it's for the Greek Gentiles. It don't matter where you come from, who you are. This same Jesus will save it. He'll save any old sinner that'll come to him. Hallelujah. It don't matter, it don't matter this morning if you're sitting on an independent, uh, on a pew in an independent Baptist church in Georgia, or, or if you're walking through through the desert of Iran, or if you're in the in a in a jungle in South America, if you call on him, he'll save you to the uttermost. Amen. There's no difference between the Jew and the Greek for the same Lord over all is rich unto all. <laughs> rich unto all that call upon him. Hallelujah. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you call on him this morning, he'll save you. If you'll cry unto him this morning confessing you're a sinner and he's the Savior and believing in your heart that what you're saying is truth and that what he has said is truth, he will save you. And it's as simple as that. If you believe that book, he'll save anybody, anywhere, anytime that'll call on him. That'll call on him. And so I want to invite you this morning if you don't know him like that, if you, can't, if you can't go to a place in your life where you called on him 
and said, God, I need you to save me and I'll leave everything behind. I'll give everything I've got for that. Lord, not not a, and I don't want to be confusing, but I I do want to emphasize this this morning. Not a, God, I, I acknowledge your existence. I'm glad you're here with me. But a God, I need a savior and I'll hold on to nothing to get him. I'm not saying God will ask everything of you. He may ask some things of you, but salvation is not of works, it's by faith, you believing in him. But Paul said when he got saved, he said, I held nothing back. And if you say, now God, now I'll get saved as long as you don't bother me about, about this. That's not, that's, that's not confessing by faith the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not hard, but, 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 God, but God's interested in changing your life. I want you to consider that this morning. Have you ever called on his name by faith, done with yourself, done with your sin, and said, God, I want you to save me? I bless his name this morning for his salvation. Amen. Well, all right. We stopped singing early. I want you to go with me this morning to the book of Genesis. And uh, no church tonight. Tonight is the fifth Sunday. If you remember, we, we changed uh, things this, this year. The fifth Sunday we have off. Fifth Sunday night, rather, we have off. The first Sunday of the month, every first Sunday, we have regular church on Sunday night. We'll do the Lord's Supper uh, on Sunday nights, the first Sunday night, and then all the rest of them uh, will be Sunday school. Um, and so tonight being the fifth, we're going to let you off. Uh, I, I want you to be in Genesis chapter 14 this morning, verse number 20. Genesis chapter 14, verse number 20. Uh, Genesis 14, 20. And, and, and I want us to look in Genesis 28 as well. Genesis 28 in just a moment. Uh, but Genesis 14 and verse 20, uh, I, I'm going to tell you up front this morning I, what I'm going to preach. And uh, I, I'm going to try to do it as quick as I can this morning. Uh, the Lord has, has uh, uh, impressed it upon my heart about a month ago, and I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't have leadership to, it gave me the message, I just didn't have leadership to give it to you. This morning I'm going to give it to you. Uh, I'm going to preach on tithing this morning. Y'all can smile at me. I mean, you don't have to be upset at me. I'm going to preach on tithing this morning. Um, there is a, there is a, I don't, a stigma that comes to that. People are like, oh, goodness, a preacher's trying to get money out of us. It don't matter how much money you give Crossroads Baptist Church, it's not going to affect me. I, uh, I, I don't, I don't, uh, unless you just don't give anything, and then I, then I, then I may suffer a little bit. Uh, this has got nothing to do with me. Uh, I, I, I'm also not going to uh, give you my opinion this morning, unless I tell you it's my opinion. I, I want to give you some Bible this morning about this business of giving, and tithing. Uh, I'm going to go back Wednesday night and I'm going to talk to you and finish up our thought on then began man to call upon the name of the Lord. Uh, but I want to talk about this business this morning because we spent a whole lot of time talking about uh, and helping young Christians figure out what not to do 
there's a lot of things when God, and I said that a minute ago, there is repentance in salvation. Uh, uh, if, if, uh, if, if, uh, uh, if a man gets saved, that don't mean that he's not ever going to drink again. That don't mean he's not ever going to smoke dope again. That don't mean that he's not ever going to fornicate again. Uh, but that means when he comes to God and asks God to save him, he's not going to say, now God, I'll let you save me as long as you don't talk about my dope I'm smoking. As long as you don't talk about my fornication, I'll get saved if you don't bother me about that. But now, I'm not going to change that. That man's not serious about getting saved. Because any sinner that comes to God wanting to be saved, God, whatever you want, I'm willing to do if you'll save me. You'll have to come to the end of your road. And if you're there this morning, if you'll call on him, he'll save you. But then we talk to young Christians about how, how to quit doing things that they are doing that is ruining our life even after we've been saved. I've done a whole lot of things since I've been saved that have negatively affected my life. Can I get a witness right there? But I want to spend some time this year talking to you about some things, not how to quit doing some things you've been doing, but how to start doing some things that maybe you've never done. I want to, God put that in my heart this year at the beginning of the year, Christian characteristics, things that Christians do not so they can be saved but because they are saved and they want to live a life that is pleasing unto the Lord. That's what I want to help you with this morning. Uh, This is not a bitter subject, it ought not be. This is not a unbiblical subject, it's certainly not. This is not a... Uh, a subject that ought to cause any grief uh, uh, in our life, but it is a subject that God has laid before us in the Christian life that ultimately benefits us as much or more than it benefits anybody else in this world. Uh, Tithing. I, I don't know if I've preached in 15 years here on Sunday morning, maybe one time on tithing. It's not a subject I deal with a whole lot. On Sunday mornings in a message, I may encourage it from time to time, and I'm going to take all morning and, and deal with this subject. Uh, Genesis chapter number, uh, chapter number 14 this morning is where we are, uh, and I said verse number 20, but I uh, back up to verse number 14. Let's stand for just a moment this morning. Genesis 14 and verse number 14, and uh, it's about 11.49. We've been in church about 49 minutes. If you'll give me about about 40 minutes, I'll finish this and we'll, we'll be done for the day if the Lord's done. Are y'all all right this morning? Genesis 14, verse number 14. And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. And he divided himself against them, he and his servants by night, and smote them and pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. He brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and his goods and the women also and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Chedorlamor. And of the kings that were with him at the valley of Shava, which is at the king's dale. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. And Melchizedek's a picture of Christ in your Bible if you study out typology the type of Christ, Melchizedek brought forth bread and wine and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, 
And blessed be the most high God which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he, Abraham. You say, how do you know that? Because when we go read Hebrews chapter number seven, uh, there's a reference here. Hebrews chapter number seven, verse number four. The Bible answers who it is that tithe. The Bible said that Abraham tithed to Melchizedek of all of his spools. Hebrews chapter seven, verse number four. Verse number 20 of Genesis 14, and he gave him, Abraham gave Melchizedek, that type of Christ, tithes of all. Uh, look with me this morning in Genesis chapter 28. We'll read just a couple verses and then pray and you can be seated. Genesis chapter 28 this morning, verse number 18. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. He called the name of that place Bethel. That name Bethel is the house of God uh, in its meaning. He called the name of the place Bethel, but the name of that city was called Luz at the first. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee, the tithe unto thee. Let's stop reading right there this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for the gospel, Lord, that's so simple. Lord, if we'll call upon the name of the Lord, we, we, we'll be saved, God. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God, thank you this morning for salvation full and free. God, may there, if there's someone here this morning they've never called on your name in faith, Lord, coming to you, confessing you, trusting you. I pray, God, this morning that they would. Lord, I pray you'd talk to your people this morning, God, about, about giving to you. Lord, I, I pray this morning, I thank you now in Christ's name, amen, amen. You can be seated this morning. I, uh, again, uh, uh, I, I, I wanna deal with this subject because I'm your pastor. Uh, a, lot, a lot of folks have the mentality, I, I've been pastoring here 15 years, I just want to go ahead and nip something in the bud here uh, and, 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 and just so it be known, uh, in 15 years uh, I have never set my salary and I have never taken salary that was not set by you. Uh, I, I've probably had three raises in 15 years, I'm not looking for one, not trying to get one. Uh, but if that time ever comes or when that time ever comes or when it has come, it has come at the hand of individuals meeting together, the men of the church meeting together saying, hey, it's time to do this for our pastor. Uh, so this benefits me none. Me, me preaching what I'm preaching this morning does not, a lot of folks have the mentality, well, uh, the, 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 the pastor uh, it's not my finances, it's the church's finances. I'm not on any finances here. Uh, I, I don't feel that I need to say that, but some folks just in their naivety uh, may, would, may would think that, 
that's not the way it is. We have people on the finances here. We have secretaries here. We have people who count, people who take money to the bank, people who record, uh, and all of those things. We do our very best to be as above board and above reproach as we can be. Uh, this is not beneficial to me but my tithing is beneficial to me and your tithing is beneficial to you and it is a part of your Christian walk. I, I believe that this morning. Giving uh, is something that Christians are known for. Uh, I, I wanna ask you some questions this morning before I give you three simple thoughts from the word of God this morning uh, and, and, and just, just consider the question. Just, just take it. Uh, in your heart and let God speak to you as I ask you this question. Uh, do you tithe? Uh, let, let, me, let me explain, and, and, and I'm not asking adults this, I'm asking anybody with any kind of income, do you tithe? Uh, answer that within your heart. Let me explain. A tithe is a tenth. It is separated in your Bible from giving. Uh, it is separated in your Bible uh, from just giving. Giving, we're gonna talk about faith, promise, missions. That's why I'm preaching this this morning because it's time to renew that and give to our missionaries uh, this year and, and support missions. I, I looked and uh, on the paper, I've got the paper here on the pulpit. This year we were able to give over $20,000 to missions and I say bless the Lord for that. I'd like to double that and triple that and quadruple that and, and give. You say, preacher, we got enough missions. Let's give here too and let's give there and let's give for the cause of Christ that the gospel may go forth. Uh, you say, well, don't you think we ought to hoard a bunch of it up? Why? I can't take none of it with me and when Jesus comes I sure would hate to have hundreds of thousands in the church bank account and not send forth the gospel to people who need to hear it. Now I'm not against the savings account. I'd appreciate a little bit more in ours every now and then uh, here at the church and in mine as well. Uh, but this morning giving uh, is a part of the Christian life but it is not the same as tithing. A lot of times we confuse that and you think, well, I gave, I gave this or I gave that and I'm not here this morning to determine or dictate how much you give. And the Bible said, let every man give according to his heart. Let the Lord loveth a cheerful giver and let's not give grudgingly, but let's give according to what's determined in our heart. But it is different than tithing. Tithing is the tenth. If I have a hundred sheep, uh, and I go to market and sell a hundred of them in the Bible economy, one of those belong to the Lord. If I make $500 uh, in a month, I hope to God I make more than that, but you're not gonna get far with that. Somebody help me right there. Uh, but if I made $500 in a month, 50 of that would go to the Lord. That's the time, that's the 10%. Uh, I have heard the argument. Uh, individuals have said, well, that was Old Testament uh, under the law, we're not commanded to do that anymore. Uh, and you're right, we're, we're, we're not commanded to keep the law for our salvation. I want to make a statement to you this morning. I want you to hear me. If you never tithe a dime, that does not make God love you any less. Will somebody holler amen right there? Y'all don't believe that, but it's the truth. If you never give a dime in the name of the Lord, if you never give a dime or a dollar in the offering plate, if you never give your faith promise missions, if you never tithe, that don't make God love you any less. 
Our salvation and the love of God is not dependent upon our works. Thank God. I didn't get saved by my righteousness. I can't keep it by my righteousness. I got it by his righteousness when I called upon his name and he saved me. I'm not under a law to tithe. However, I am under a principle. A principle that was set before the law was ever given. I gave you two examples this morning of two different men who tithed before there ever was a law. They brought an offering to God. And as a matter of fact, we can go all the way back to Cain and Abel. Cain was a lost man, but he brought an offering to God. Abel was a saved man, and by faith he brought an offering to God. Seth and his generation, they called upon the name of the Lord. They brought offerings to God. They brought of the fruit of their ground. They brought of their increase. They brought of what God had blessed them with, and they brought it to the Lord, and they gave that to the Lord. You say, preacher, it seems to me like in the Old Testament, man was saved by what they brought. Man was saved by what they gave. Not according to the Bible, because according to the Bible, man was still saved by faith. I want to say this to you this morning. Thank God salvation was and is, and it is a faith operation. You can't buy your way into heaven. But tithing is a principle of the Old Testament before there was a law given Abraham tithe before there was a law given Jacob tithe before there was a law given Old Testament saints tithe and it was a principle found all throughout the Old Testament it is a principle found all throughout history There is a precedent with that. There is a blessing with that. We can look in the book of Malachi and find the blessings of God. And I want to say again this morning, tithing don't buy God's approval. Tithing don't buy God's salvation. But tithing is accompanied by God's blessing. I believe it still to this day. It is accompanied by God's blessing. If you do something by faith on principle, God always blesses what he promises and he always blesses what you and I do by faith. And so I want to ask you again this morning, do you tithe? Do you give 10% of what God has increased in your life? Do you give that to the Lord? Uh, uh, Preacher, I don't like you asking me those kinds of questions. Uh, That's not fair. I'm not asking you to answer it out loud. I'm asking you to answer it in your heart. Do you give a 10%, a tithe of the increase, uh, and do you give it honestly? Uh, do, do you give it honestly? Uh, I, I, I believe this morning you ought to give it honestly. I believe you ought to, I believe you ought to make it right. I believe you ought to give it honestly. I, I, I'll tell you this morning, my personal opinion, and I don't have Bible to prove it. I don't think, well, I guess I do. The Lord loved the cheerful giver. Uh, I, I think you ought to round up sometimes. Uh, I, I think you ought to give above and beyond. I think you ought to give more. Not to me, uh, not to the church in the sense it is to the church, it is uh, to the ministry, but everything that I give is given to the Lord. And it is a gift that is being offered to God. You say, well, preacher, I I, I don't know where every dime goes. You can trust it in the hand of the Lord. And and you say, preacher, there's been churches that have done wrong by it. And that's exactly right. God help us not to be one of those kinds of churches. God help us to have things above board. And we've tried to do that. And we're trying to do that even better. But that's not my business to figure out what somebody did. It's God's business to deal with that. It's my business to honor God. Uh, it is uh, it is 
a tenth, do you? And let me ask you young people this morning. I'm just pastoring the church this morning. Young people, you got jobs, you got income, you have birthdays, and you got grandparents with lots of money. Do you tithe? Uh, if, 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 and, and see, there's a stigma that comes along with that, and it ought not be. It's not right, and it shows the insight of our heart that there's an issue that we have with giving money, and money ought not be an issue in the heart of the child of God, especially when the principle is 10%. Uh, do you tithe? Do you tithe honestly? Do you tithe accurately? Uh, you need to go home this morning and live with that question a little while. If I audited myself, would my giving record line up with my income record? Would 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 if I had to if I had to live if I had to live off of what my giving record said ten percent was of my income, could I live? That's tied in here. Man, I done killed the whole service, but I, it's all right. It's Bible. I'm not preaching anything. It's not Bible, you see. If we're going to be Christians in this hour, we're going to have to have a little bit thicker skin that the, not to be able to deal with Bible situations, with Bible principles. And there comes a time in every child of God's life where they learn these principles in their life. They apply them. Uh, do you tithe? Do you teach your children to tithe? The mamas and dads, you've got young people with jobs and, and you say, well, I'm just waiting on them to learn it. Why not teach them? You teach them everything else. Why not teach them? Why not talk to them about it? Have you given to the Lord? Have you honored God with a gift of a tithe of a 10% of what God has increased in your life? Have you brought your offering to God? Not to buy your salvation, but to honor God and his word and to receive what God said would come because of it. I'm not preaching, I'm not a wealth, health, and prosperity preacher. You can tithe and never be wealthy. You can tithe and never be healthy. You can tithe and never be prosperous. But I promise you this much this morning, if you'll honor God with what you got, he'll bless you with what you don't and what you need. If you'll honor God with your life, he'll honor you in your life. I can stand to test that. Uh, do you tithe? Let me ask you another question this morning. We're going to get into the thought. If not, how come? I mean, why not? Well, I don't, I, if I was a millionaire, I would. Did you know you can tithe as much as a millionaire? I tithe as much as a millionaire. Well, I'd like for you to explain that one to me, preacher. A millionaire, if he tithes accurately, tithes, or if he's got to make a million dollars this year, Say so he made a million dollars and he tithed, he tithed what? He tithed $100,000, is that right? That's a percentage. God don't ask, and the principle is not, a, uh, the principle is not an amount, but it's a percentage. And the, and the principle is that the millionaire, he made a million dollars and so he tithes $100,000 and let's say I made $50,000 and, and I'm not telling you what I made, that's not even a number to tell you what I made, but, but if I tithe, uh, and I do have some other enterprises besides Crossroads Baptist Church, I, I got so many W-2s and 1099s now, I'm written up as Josh Williams Enterprises because I got my hands in all kinds of pots. You gotta do what you gotta do. Somebody help me right there. Uh, 
uh, they charging me like $300 for every $10.99 I was giving them and so we just said Josh Williams Enterprises and, and now they're all under the same thing and man I'm an enterprisal man <laughs> uh, say I made 50000 and I tithe 5000 that's the same amount as that millionaire tithe it's a percentage so how come you don't see it's a question well, I don't have a whole lot of money. God never asked you to give a whole lot of money if you don't have a whole lot of money. The principle was 10,000 or, or 10% of whatever the amount was. If I got a dollar, if, if I got a dollar, it won't hurt me to give God 10 cents of it. If I get $100, it won't hurt God or hurt me to give God 10 of it. It's a principle. It's not a commandment that we're under. It's not a commandment. Also praying is a, is a principle. It's not a commandment for God to love me. I got news for you. If you don't pray till Jesus comes back, if you ever asked him to save you, he saved you and he loves you and you don't have to pray to earn heaven. But thank God this morning, it sure is a blessing to call on the name of the Lord. It's a principle I live by. Concerning my salvation, I didn't have to be here this morning. I could take off my coat, close my Bible, and go to the house and never show back up here again. And if the Lord come in the morning or a hundred years from now, and I was still living, I doubt I would be. But whenever he comes, if he come, I'm going because I got saved by the grace of God. I can live the rest of my life and never go to church again. I'm still a Christian. I got saved. And what God gives us is eternal. But I'm gonna tell you this morning, I sure have enjoyed being in the house of God. Didn't you enjoy the choir singing? Wasn't it an encouragement to your heart to come down to the house of God? It's not a commandment that'll save me, but it sure is a good principle to live by. God's blessed me because of it. Because I go to church. Because we pray. Because we give. If, if you do tithe, let me ask you a question. Honestly, are you any poorer because of it? Uh, there's some stuff in my life that I, I could do without. I probably don't need to spend $500 a week eating out. I don't know that I spend that, but I don't want to look to see if I spend that because it might be. If you ever look, you find out it's more than what you think it is. You think you spent $30 last week because you didn't look. And you found out you spent that one time at McDonald's. God help us. Do y'all remember when you could go to McDonald's with your whole family? My mama would take all of us four boys to McDonald's in Dalton and we'd all eat for under $10. And you know where we got that $10? Looking under couches. Get, we were so poor. We'd get changed. Mama said, we're going to have a fun day. We're going to go to the park. It would be summertime. We'd go to the park and play at the park and we'd all eat, uh, sometimes for less than that. You can't take your family to McDonald's for under $40 anymore. It is pitiful. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I could do without that. 
And if I didn't do that, I could probably look and see where I, but there's some things in my life that are just affixed to my life, they're just a part of my life, and I know I don't even count on that money being there because I know that I need that. My cell phone is one of those things. I make that payment, I don't even consider it. My home that I live in, it's a, it's a nice place. I bless God for it. I don't like making the mortgage payment, but I sure like where I live. It's part of my life. I am not poorer because I tithe. It has never affected my income. I've never got to the end of my month and said, now if I wouldn't have tithed, I'd be able to afford my bills. I have got to the end of my month and said, now if I wouldn't have ate out so much, if I wouldn't have done that, if I wouldn't have had such expensive taste, if I wouldn't have bought them blue jeans or that no, I guess blue jeans won't break you, they'll break you now too if I, if I wouldn't have if I, if I wouldn't have done that we'd be able to make this bill but I never got to the end of my month and said if I wouldn't have gave to God if I wouldn't have honored God with my tithe then, I, then, I, then I'd be able to pay my bills what I'm trying to tell you is you're none the poorer because you give to God you mightn't be the poor because you don't. Let me give you three things this morning quickly. Uh, quickly. About truths about tithing. See, this ain't that bad, is it? Y'all was scared for nothing. <laughs> you get all worked up. I'm not going to be mean. My mean days are behind me. I was mean when I started out. I think you've got to be mean when you start out as a preacher because if you don't start out with a little grit in your soul, you're probably not going to make it. You'll be so sensitive and sissified if you don't start out with a little grit down in your soul. By the time the Baptists get done with you and the brethren get done with you and the devil gets done with you, but my mean days are behind me, but I preach truth to you with a heart of love for you. Uh... Truth number one, tithing, I want you to write it down, I want you to remember it. Tithing is an indicator of the blessings of God. Tithing is an indicator of the blessings of God. Genesis 28, verse 22, and this stone, Jacob said, which I've set for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. Of all thou shalt give me, I'll tithe. Tithing is an indicator. It is an indicator. It is an indicator. It is a reminder of the blessings of God. And first of all, in that reminder, it reminds us who our blessings come from. He said, of all thou givest me, I'll tithe. Of all, are y'all hearing me this morning? Y'all don't lose me now. Of all thou givest me. You know what that means? It ain't all I got. It ain't all I worked for. It ain't all I earned. It ain't all that I went out there and did the job for. It ain't all that my hands created or made. But it is all thou givest me. You say, preacher, I'm a self-made man. Hogwash. That's a good hillbilly word from North Georgia. Hogwash. Or how my kinfolk would say, hogwash. We like putting ours and stuff, you see. Y'all take them off down here, we put them on. 
up there. <laughs> ah, you're not self-made. You didn't get that. God, God has given you health. God has given you favor. I sat down the other night, I was praying and I was thanking God for things and, and I began to think about the favor of God in my life. People that God has put me in contact with that has increased my life, that has blessed my life. People, friends, uh, uh, conversations that I have had that have opened up doors and opportunities. And as I began to think about that, I realized I never could have done that on my own. I'm not smart enough. I never could have opened them doors on my own. But God opened doors and God made a way and God provided and God made connections and God brought me into people's lives and God brought people into my life. And when I tithe, it is a reminder that it is not me but what I've got comes from him therefore I give him back a portion to honor the gift he's given me what I have may not be much compared to some but all of it come from him and without him would be none of it And if I got what I deserve this morning, I'd already be in hell or I'd be locked up in a prison cell or I would be in the hospital this morning because the wages of sin is death and the life I was living before Jesus took over would have brought me to death or it would have brought me to death door and thank God for mercy and grace and walked into my life and changed my life. And if I've got something in my hand, I know where it come from. It come down from the Father of all lights of the one who gives every good perfect gift and every time I write a check and give a tenth I'm reminded when I see that amount that it is a portion of what God has blessed me with and I'm reminded of who it was that blessed me does that make sense this morning See, tithing ain't because God's poor. Tithing isn't a scheme from the church. Tithing isn't the way preachers get rich. There may be some that do, but God will deal with them on that. Tithing uh, is not a way to milk money out of people. Tithing uh, is God's way of you being reminded everything I got come from God. Everything I got belongs to God and everything I got he could take tomorrow, but it's all loan from God. And every time I write a check or give a bill uh, or cash in, the offering plate I'm reminded I got this from God my children need to be reminded of that your children need to be reminded of that husbands and wives need to be reminded of that families need to be tithing is a wonderful thing because we are constantly being reminded God has been good to me he's blessed Y'all gonna think I'm crazy this morning. I love getting the end of the year tithing record. I love it. Because I can look and say, look how God has blessed us this year. It's better than it was last year. God's been good to us. It's an indicator of the blessings of God. It reminds us of who our blessings come from. And it reminds us of what our blessings are. See, in order to tithe, now, giving is a wonderful thing, but giving, you know, I've got a 20 here, I've got a 50 here, I've got a 100 here, maybe even a 1,000 for this or that. That's giving, and that's wonderful. But tithing makes us count something. 
Are y'all hearing me? Tithing makes us count. I got to sit down this week if I tithe weekly or if I tithe monthly or bi-weekly. I got to sit down and say, all right, let's, let's, let's count it all. Let's calculate it all and see what all we brought in. And then I'm not just reminded of where it come from, but I'm reminded of what it is. That may not mean something to some folks, but when you come from nowhere like I did, and you can count up how God has blessed you, that'll make you want to come to church and shout, I got something to bring to God. I thought, I thought the other day, I was riding down the road thinking about this, thought about a, in the days of the Bible economy, monetary, they did have coins and money, but a lot of their monetary system was on a barter system or, or animals had a value and that value had a, you could trade with that animal and purchase with that animal. And I thought about a man with his sons. They start out with a little piece of land, maybe they inherited, don't have a whole lot. And they, 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 they have a handful of sheep, maybe 10, they go down to sell the, maybe them 10 sheep have 10 babies and they go down to sell them babies, or at least half of them, make a little income to get through the year. So maybe they have 10, they have 10 babies out of those sheep that they've purchased and now they have five babies they're taking down to the market and selling. And they go down and get the income of that and they realize that they, uh, they tithe off of that 10 that they had and they leave one there and they say, this is God's. And so they rejoice, we've got something to give God. We had some income, we have one little lamb we can give God. But years go by and that father takes his sons. He said, son, I want you to build a pen. We're going to build a pen over here. And the boy said, now daddy, what's that pen for? He said, God's increased us in land, God's increased us in well, God's increased us in sheep. We've got so many sheep now, we've got to have a place to put the ones that belong to God. And where there was a time when that father and them boys would take one little sheep down to the market and say, this belongs to God, and whatever comes from this one is going to God. We're going to give that. Now it takes herdsmen and drivers to bring them down there, and there, there's somebody counting those sheep, and, count, and and you can see the progression. You see and look and say, that's where we started, uh, but look what God has done. Look what God has wrought. And see, tithing calls you to calculate and count the blessings of God in your life weekly. And I'll be honest with you this morning, I believe every one of us need that kind of practice. I need to be reminded of not what I don't have, but what I do have. Not what I don't make, but what I do make. And tithing is an indicator of the blessings of God. When we count them, when we calculate them, it reminds us who our blessings come from. It reminds us what our blessings are. Y'all see that this morning? Am I just boring you to death now? I got about 10 more minutes. Let me finish, Let me finish this thought this morning. Not only is tithing an indicator of the blessings of God, but tithing is an investment into the work of God. Luke chapter 6, verse number 38. Give... And it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, 
shall men give in your bosom. He said, give and men will give. Give and men will give. For with the same manner that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Not only is tithing an indicator of the blessings of God, as I, as I give, I'm constantly reminded of what God has done for me. It's a tithe. The tithing is an investment into the work of God. Now who is it that God is wanting to work in? I would say to you this morning, God is wanting to work in the life of others. There's somebody in Africa, God's wanting to work in their life. There's somebody in Brazil, somebody God's wanting to work in their life. There's people in Albania that we support, God's wanting to work in their life. And there's little children uh, in, in Panama, God's wanting to work in their life. And there's a, a little widow lady that's calling on God and God's wanting to work in her life uh, down in Central America somewhere and all across the world and all across the area. We've got men who go to the jails. We've got folks who go to the nursing home. You said, you pay those that go to the jail? What good does my money go? No, we don't pay them, but we do have a place that is available because of people's gifts that make it possible that we train men to come up and to go out to the, and God's got somebody sitting down to Burke County Jail and he wants to talk to them and God is interested in working in others. When I give, I am making an investment in others, you see. Somebody said, you know, I wish it was like it was in the Bible days. In the Bible days, they just, they gave if there was a specific need, but there wasn't all this church building and power and lights and carpet and padded pews. Yeah, you say that, but how many of you want to go to church this morning in my barn with no pew, nowhere to sit, no heat? No, you don't. We live in a day where we have buildings and we have pews and we have heat and air and we have a place where people can come and we draw them in, we beg of them, we pray they come so they can hear the gospel that Jesus saves and that is not possible without faithful givers. And so when we tithe, we are making an investment in the work of God. We are making an investment and what God is doing. Our faith promise that we're gonna talk about in just a moment as we, as we prepare to give this year uh, towards missions all throughout the year. It is an investment. I may not be able to go uh, to these countries. I may not be able to be the missionary over there, but if I can help a man with a Bible in his hand go and say, thus saith the Lord, that I've made an investment in the work of God for others. He said, give. See, that's where the others come in. The work of God, the investment is into others. But it's not just others. Give and it shall be given unto you. So shall men give unto you. There's an investment of the work of God in ourselves. <laughs> the work of God is in others. But the work of God is in ourselves. God's wanting to do something for me. And he said, if you'll give, I'll make sure somebody gives. That'll make sure you have what you need. Oh, are y'all believing the Bible this morning? You give, and I'll make... You say, well, they don't give me nothing. They don't. That ball, I earn that check. I understand, but aren't you glad you got a place to earn one? Amen. What if you didn't? Well, if I didn't, the government would send me one. Yeah, but if we all were like you, 
wouldn't be nothing left to send, you see. Given it shall be given unto you. See, my giving is not just an investment. It's an investment in others. It's an investment in myself. That now, because I've given by faith, believing God, I can trust that when I have a need, God's going to take care of that according to his word. I'm not a wealth, health, and prosperity. I'm not telling you if you give $100, God will multiply your $100 to $100,000. I'm not trying to tell you if you'll give everything you got, you'll be a millionaire. This is not the 700 Club this morning. I'm not against everything that they say, but I'm not wealth, health, and prosperity. You may give and it costs you. You may give and it be sacrificial, but if you learn to tithe, if you learn to give, that percentage, it is an investment in the work of God. We have a Christian school over there that raises up young men and young ladies to serve God. And everything that you give in here benefits that over there. It has never, we've never charged parents enough to pay for itself. If we run off of the, uh, off of the income of what we brought in by charging parents, uh, we would up the thing triple to what it is just to get by. The church meets the need of the school. Uh, the church takes care of the school. The church takes care of the missionaries. The church takes care of the revival the special meetings, all of these things are taken care of not by a building but by a body. Every investment you make when you faithfully, accurately, honestly tithe makes everything that we do possible. I want to ask you something this morning. What could Crossroads Baptist Church do if everybody at Crossroads Baptist Church tithed, honestly. Not when you think about it, not when you feel like it, but you gave to God like you give to Verizon and Paul Thigpen Ford or whoever it is, First National Bank of Waynesboro or Regions or I was going to say Wachovia, but they don't exist. Truest. If you gave to God like you gave to everybody else you're giving to for something. And you gave with a mindset this is an investment in others and this is an investment in myself. Here's the last one this morning. And I'll be done. Has this been too hard? Are y'all all right? If it's too hard, man, I've messed up over the years. I've, 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 uh, let, let, let me give you a couple verses this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. And uh, I, I want to show you a couple verses in 2 Corinthians and then I'll give you the last thought and be done. I'm ready to go get some Mexican food. 2 Corinthians chapter number 11 this morning. Verse number 8. Paul said to the church at Corinth, he said, I robbed other churches taking wages. And he explains how he didn't actually steal from them, but he said, I was robbing them because I was preaching to you at Corinth that I was taking wages from other churches. They were meeting my needs because you wouldn't. Now, this is not at all a testimony of your preacher to you because y'all have taken good care of me through the years, and I appreciate that. But I'm giving you the principle here of what he said. To the church at Corinth, it was other churches that had to foot the bill because you didn't, is what he's telling them. All right, verse 8, I robbed other churches taking wages of them to do you service. Verse 9, and when I was present with you and wanted, I was chargeable to no man for that which was lacking to me, 
The brethren came from, people from Macedonia came, supplied the need that I had. In all things, I've kept myself from being burdensome unto you, and so will I keep myself. He said, I didn't want to burden you. I didn't want to talk to you about money. But I want you to go with me this morning to chapter number 12, the same book, 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 13. He comes to the end of the letter. It's coming to an end, getting ready to close. He said, for what is it? He, he said in the early part, I didn't want to burden you. I didn't want to talk to you about this. Verse 13, for what is it wherein you were inferior to other churches? Were you inferior to other churches? Except it be that I myself was not burdensome to you. Forgive me this wrong. Paul said, I didn't want to talk to y'all about money. I didn't want to burden you with it. He gets to the end of the letter and he said, the problem with you is that I didn't burden you about it. Forgive me. Are y'all hearing me? The problem In the Bible, the problem is, is that I didn't talk to you about it. Forgive me. Now, I, I don't have a personal need, not preaching that you give to me. I don't have, I'm not asking for anything like that, but as the preacher talking to a church, uh, letting them know uh, that thank God this morning that it is an investment in the work of God. And Paul said somebody else had to make the investment because you didn't do it. And if you don't do it, are you inferior? No. Maybe because nobody talked to you about it. And so I'm talking to you about it. So you can go home and decide, do I need and want an indicator of the blessings of God in my life every week? Do I need and want to make an investment in the work of God in others and myself? 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. Let's flip over real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse number 6 and verse number 7. I appreciate the Lord for helping us this morning. I am nearly done. But this I say, verse 6, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth the cheerful giver. But verse six, he which soweth sparingly, it's an investment in others. It's an investment in ourselves. If you sow sparingly in others, you'll reap sparingly from others. If you sow bountifully, and others in the ministry you'll reap bountifully here's the last thing tithing is a, an indicator of, of the blessings of God tithing is an investment into the work of God lastly and done tithing is an insight into my heart tithing is an insight into my heart Psalm 96, you can turn there, I'll read it. While you're turning there, I want to remind you of Matthew's gospel. For where your treasure is, there will your what? Heart be also. Tithing is an indicator or an insight into my heart. Let me ask you a question this morning. When somebody gets serious about serving God after they've been saved, what's one of the first things that they do after they've been saved? They want to surrender their life to God. They get baptized, right? Right? Preach, I need to get baptized. I got saved. I've never been baptized. I want to serve God. All right, we'll baptize you. 
And, and, and then after that, what, what, what happens? Well, I want to go to church. We're going to go to church. We're going to make our mind up. We're going to go to church. We're serious about serving God. We're going to go to church. We're going to go to church faithfully. We want to serve in the church. And the church becomes their church, and they realize we want to give to our church. It is, it is, it is, it is pretty much in that scenario. I'm involved in this church. I want to give to this church. I'm serious about serving God. If we're not serious enough to give our money, can you think of anything else that's more important to us that we would give? If you wouldn't give God your money, do you think you'll give God your prayer? Seriousness? If you wouldn't give God your money, do you think that you would surrender something that he asked from you if he asked it? If God come along and said, I want you to do this, would you do that if he's also come along and said, I want you to give and you won't do that? If, 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 if God, uh, if, if, if giving is an inside to where our heart is and it is a part of our investment and an indicator of the blessings of God and, and, and we're, we're not willing to submit that, would we submit that sin that we love? that friend that we cherish that God wants out of our life because they're wrecking our life? Would we submit that carnal thing that God wants to remove? Would we be serious in other areas if we wouldn't be serious in that area? See, it's an insight in our heart. If I own my bank account, then I also own my heart. My name's on that bank account. But God has had to prove me time and time and time again throughout my life that I'm not the owner of it. I don't know if y'all believe me on that or not. But I'm telling you God's honest truth. Before God, I stand and I lie not. God has made me empty it out just to remind me who it belongs to. I'm not saying he'll ever do that to you. I'm not saying you'll ever do that. That's just what he's done for me. But if I won't give him a tenth, I won't give him a, anything else. You say, preacher, I give gifts, I give offerings, I understand that, but that's not a tenth. What if you come to the point where you had an indicator, a reminder weekly, you were making a weekly investment in the things of God, and also giving offerings to people and the ministries and to God. Psalm 96 this morning, verse number seven, give, I'm sorry, verse one, sing unto the Lord a new song, sing unto the Lord all the earth, sing unto the Lord, bless his name, show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people, for the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord hath made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Verse 7, because of all of that, give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Mom and daddy, father, 
young person, ma'am, sir, would you be honest with God this morning? She comes to the piano and say, God, I've not, but I will. I mean, to take it serious. I've not been right by this, God. If I had to live off of what I claimed was my 10%, I couldn't live off of it. So I want to give. I need that indicator of the goodness of God in my life. I need, a, I need an investment in the work of God. I need my heart to be willing to say yes with my money. My money. Would you, would you, would you come this morning? Maybe, maybe you tithe and you tithe honestly and you tithe accurately. Maybe you just want to come thank God this morning. That's one of them giants God helped you get over a long time ago and he's been good to you and you want to bless his name. Would you stand all over the building this morning? Whatever you need to do, whatever, whatever you need to do, would you respond this morning to the word of God as she sings?